This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Brian Fiesen. I head up the performance marketing team and customer service team at Mac Weldon. And what I love about digital e-commerce is the opportunity to have an idea and then quickly be told by data if it was a good idea or a bad idea. Underwear. Pretty much everybody wears it. It's the basics. But for men's underwear brand, Mack Weldon, reinventing men's basics is key. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. And it's the building of community and loyalty strategies that make this brand a perfect fit for more and more men. Coming up, you'll hear from this online brand's head of marketing talking with me, Mark Rako, and Rob Sanchez on location at Commerce Next in New York. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. Thank you. Uh, we're here at Commerce Next, uh, which is clearly in its definition, uh, in its name, I should say, uh, it, it's about the, the next wave of commerce. What do you think is important about being at an event such as this for you in your capacity of working in marketing for Mac Weldon? Why would being at something like this, other than the opportunity to share your thoughts with others, what can you take in at an event such as this that, which I guess what I'm really ultimately asking is, is what kind of information do you need in order to be able to be ready for the next generation of consumer and the continual transformation, so the next chapter in the transformation of consumption? Right. So the simple answer, what information do I need? I would say all of it. Um, I think the, the benefits of conferences like this are twofold, like meeting similarly sized companies that are in some cases trying to reach the exact same person, but just with a different product. Uh, and they have a different website, they have a different brand, they have a different business. But at the end of the day, we're probably reaching in this, we're playing in the same ecosystem. We're all playing in Google, Facebook content. Uh, we're playing online. And we're going after uh, uh, the same audience that dozens, if not hundreds of other companies are trying to go after. Uh, and just making those connections and hearing what other teams are doing. Uh, and it's especially helpful when you can have those conversations in a very non-competitive way. Uh, and you know, uh, you know they're not going to be the one that's going to be driving up your CPCs or getting into uh, your media and, and kind of blowing up your charts. Uh, so I think that's really valuable. And, and the second part, I think, is being able to make those very quick connections with uh, the vendor side, with the technology providers. Uh, I get maybe 15 to 18 emails a day from companies that are like, hey, uh, you, you work at Mac Weldon. Um, my LinkedIn profile says something about doing anything I can to, to sell men's underwear. So they'll like throw a, a quip in from that and... Uh, try to create an engagement uh, and start talking. And most of those uh, are very quick. I can open them, but we're, we already have a ESP. We already have a CDP. We're in the middle of a replatform project. I don't have the headspace to give you a, an appropriate response right now. So most of the times, uh, it goes silent. 
so these are good opportunities to make those connections. Like, oh yeah, you're in my inbox. I'm going to talk to you for 10 minutes rather than go back and forth on email for two to three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and to set that expectation of like, and you can just bang them out and just, you know, meet 10, 15 uh, technology solutions within a single day. It's a packed day. Uh, but then when you go back to the office, you can really just get back to work. Uh, and you've set everyone's expectations, you know, and you have a good uh, level idea of what the technology is out there that is moving next. And then also from hearing from other speakers, similar companies, similar tech providers, how they're using the technology. And are those things that I'm particularly interested because I'm applying them at Mac Weldon or uh, will be soon. When you're here and, and uh, making those connections, are you thinking about basically building a roadmap into the future or is it more like a courtesy to some people as you keep a, a finger on the pulse of what's uh, going on? It's really building a roadmap, um, yeah. especially with uh, kind of the panels and the conferences that I'll, I'll choose to engage with and, and listen in on uh, and the, the partners that I'm talking to here. Um, you know, if, if we're truly not in a place where it's of interest for six months or a year or two years, like everyone's trying, everyone's doing, everyone has a job to do. So that's, you know, in those cases, I'll let you know. So it's definitely not being polite. Uh, it's more so like, I think you're, you're on my roadmap, but I just told somebody like, come back in Q1. And it's serious. He's probably hearing that from a lot of people. But I think because of these reasons, come back in Q1. Now we have uh, something to draw on when he does come back in Q1. Like, mm -hmm. oh, great. Yeah. And if I'm ready for that in November, I can reach out because I, I have that connection made already. Yeah. Excellent. What are you thinking about from a um, from like the right now with the company? What are you working on right now? So we're getting into video, um, which has been on our list for several years, uh, but it always been has always been a real challenge to create the asset. Uh, and as uh, not just the media and the technology is, you know, like connected TVs are making it possible to buy TV like you would another programmatic channel. But the asset that you put in there is not a 40-character text ad. So yeah. you really need to put a lot more development and a lot more thought into creating that piece. And we've had challenges with that in the past. I think we're, we're at a good place right now with our team and, and the concept and, uh, and even just like the marketing mix that we can afford to spend into these channels that have, have a higher kind of uh, higher bar for entry. Um, so that's where our, our big focus is uh, within video in 2019. Yeah. Uh, we've also been expanding uh, beyond just digital channels into out of home. We were on the New York subway in June. And yep. uh, we've been in direct mail. So you yeah. saw it. Nice. Yeah. It works. Yep. Um, so really just as we've been able to, we've been able to grow the business consistently for the last seven years in a very cost effective way. Uh, we're not hyper growth. We're responsible growth. Yeah. So when things get really expensive, we can pull back, uh, and and we're focusing all of our uh, all of our media dollars on the acquisition side. So as we get into those channels, Google, Facebook, Taboola, all of these, uh, they get more expensive. You get in, you optimize. You never really get out, but you start looking for something else. What else can you bolt on? So now it's and what's old is new again. So a lot of companies in similar our size are going through. Uh, direct mail, yeah. TV. Uh, I'm waiting for someone to say newspaper. Um, yeah, I think that's a little bit far far away. Um, I love the direct mail piece, by the way, because that's 
one of my early jobs was selling coins and stamps through the mail, and it's surprisingly effective. Super effective. Yeah. As and one it's, person, it's the original marketing. $5 million in revenue off of coins and stamps in one year. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you could do the same with underwear. It's, it's great. Um, and we love the attribution of it. I think that's where it's, that's why it has become such a successful channel for a lot of companies like ours, because we know when a click happened, yeah. when I mail you something through the mail, I know I mailed it to you, and then a few days later, I know I shipped an order to you. Yeah. I'm going to put two and two together and say the mail had, had something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, the challenge becomes, like, how much did the mail have to do with that? Because yeah. I know your order, also, you clicked on our Instagram ad. Yeah. So yeah. I had to pay for Instagram. I had to pay to send you the postcard. Probably had to pay for two or three other channels to yeah. get us in front of you. How do we create that holistic approach uh, to figure out really what What's channel the is the most yeah. effective yeah. to create that level of awareness and how does that filter through? You know, it's interesting to hear you talking about this, uh, frankly, Brian, because so many people that we talk with, one of the, the, the things they're really trying to do is they're all about building community. Uh, and, and I'm not judging that. I'm saying it's, it's so many people, that's, that's so much of their marketing effort is about building a sense of community and a relationship with the consumer. Um, and it's, it sounds like, I mean, how much of that is part of your picture? Is, is that even, can you build community around underwear? I would say you can. Uh, and I, I never thought I would be selling underwear, uh, let alone reading emails from guys professing how much underwear has changed their lives. Uh, and it is sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. Uh, I actually just read an email from somebody yesterday or Tuesday, uh, essentially crediting Mac Weldon with turning their life around. Okay. It, whether they're stretching that, I don't know, um, but they're a customer. Uh, and so people do get uh, crazy about underwear, especially like no fly versus fly. It's a huge thing. Uh, people care very much about how they go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, there so I think are a you, lot of different people out there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Larry David on um, what's that show? Curb your enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm has the whole. Uh, are you over the gate, through the gate, or over the gate? Like, yeah. That's a big topic of conversation in the underwear world. <laughs> uh, I, one, I never thought I would be a part of it, but to get back to your question, I think there, there is an opportunity to build a community, and and it's not just about underwear. Mac Weldon is is about recognizing the value of putting time, effort, and, and focus, and really innovation at the end of the day into something that has been so overlooked. So it, it's appealing to creating, it's more, more akin to creating a community about knowing you put the time in, you put the focus in, like there's value in creating the better, whatever that better is. Uh, and that's where, it's very broad strokes, but that's kind of where we are uh, thinking today as we expand the product line. So we don't just sell underwear. It's un it started with underwear, socks, and undershirts and T-shirts, the basics, because that's what you were putting on every day. So we wanted to make men more comfortable and make it easier to be more comfortable. So why not start with the one thing you wear or should be wearing every single day? And now we've extended into polo shirts and sweatpants and sweatshirts, um, accessories. Like we have a, a we're as we extend the line, we need to build the foundation and, and create that sense of community and, uh, so that next product isn't wholly unexpected. How did you go about setting the tone of the conversation 
um, so that you had a platform to expand the line on. I feel like a lot of people who are one-hit wonders, like it may be hard for a razor company to expand out from that if they were always a razor company, not a men's care company. I, we're honestly working through that now. Um, and it is something that we haven't had to tackle uh, because we had a very limited product set. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to tackle it now because as we extend into other categories, we need to really ask ourselves, um, you know, what category is best? Why are we there? And making sure that answer really resonates with why customers know us first for underwear. Yeah. Uh, and then secondarily for sweatpants or whatever that new product is. Yeah. And to date, it's been very product focused. We're a very DR focused company. So when we have an ad that really hits well and delivers results on just underwear, we will ride that ad until we run out of inventory. We've done that yeah. several times over the years. And then we also apply that to other, we call them gateway products. So our Ace sweatpants are phenomenal. They look great. They feel great. Give your sweats a grown-up makeover. Has a good message, good angle yeah. to it that resonates with somebody just browsing through the internet. Like, yeah. oh, well, what do you mean? I'm yeah. going to check this out. And it's a $78 pair of sweatpants. So you might not be thinking you're in the market for that. But then, like, we'll... we'll Will sell you in on like you should be having a seventy dollars pair of sweatpants. Yeah. Um, well, that's and, and interesting. Building the value. The sweatpant is is a product that to me feels outside of what I saw the brand as. So that it's interesting to think about that because for me it seemed like a foundation for something else, like a foundation for professionalism or a foundation for empowerment or something like that. Um, what was the thought process behind including that, which seems more like it's pure comfort versus comfort for a purpose? Or, or is that just like my interpretation? Well, the, the, the common thread between everything that we make and that we'll always continue to make is uh, we look at a specific product. Does every guy have at least one of these things uh, or should they have at least one of these things? And is it something that's been mostly overlooked by the market? Um, so... Uh, underwear is the first thing. Like our founding story, Brian Berger, our founder, walked into a department store, looked at a disarrayed uh, set of shelves and was confused out of his mind. And all yeah. he wanted to do was buy a pair of underwear. Um, so we start there and we apply real innovation, uh, not just in the product itself, but how it's made. and, the, and Not the, just the screen focus. printing the tag instead no, of sewing it in? Even more than that. Um, <laughs> like I think, uh, I know our, uh, our designer would correct me, but I think our 18-hour jersey underwear has 22 different pieces that are all sewn together. And versus somebody else that's on the line buying a three-pack anywhere else, you might have seven to eight pieces. So that's expensive. That takes time. That just in the design phase, in the production phase. And you have to know, like, is this worth it? Like, why are you doing this? It's just underwear. But that's where there's opportunity. Because that category itself has been so overlooked. Yeah. And oddly enough, like, over-diversified over the last 10, 20, 30 years. So it is complicated to go in and buy the same pair of underwear that you bought two years ago that you love because they've changed the name and most likely they've changed the fabrication. They've changed something about it because they don't have a customer relationship. They don't, they're putting a product on a shelf and it's going to a credit card number. It's not going to a person. So when we create that relationship, we, we can describe the value of here's why we're doing this uh, and you'll, you will feel the difference. How are you gathering the data on how your consumers are thinking about 
you know, the reasons behind their purchase. You know, they're purchasing because it's luxury. They're purchasing, or they perceive it as luxury. They're purchasing it because uh, they just can't find stuff that fits. They, they're purchasing it because your messaging reached them. Uh, how are you gathering that beyond, you know, sharing anecdotes? So we do, uh, we talk to customers. Um, we have some regular customer surveys that are going out. You bought this product. We know you bought it. Uh, why did you buy it? Why do you love it? Um, a lot of it, though, is, uh, you could call it anecdotal, but by the volume that we have, I would say it starts to take on a real quantifiable, quantifiably reliable source. Uh, we do our customer service in-house. We're very close with that team. Uh, and that team feeds all of that information back to the designers, back to the marketing team, back to everybody about what's going, what are the customers talking about? Um, so I referenced a customer email earlier. Uh, and they'll write in uh, just telling us, I, I hate my some brand underwear um, because the waistband always rolls. So I love that yours doesn't. Like We get that kind of feedback. Uh, and then we also, we, we have an insight into that by what customers are resonating with just in our ads. So we're very DR focused. We do a lot of online ads. We do a lot of testing there. So if we focus on the no roll waistband or the stay put legs, and one of those is more attention grabbing, we know customers are coming in because of they're, they're dealing with a waistband problem or they're dealing with a leg rolling up problem. And that's where like my earlier comment about e-commerce, um, I love it because from our side, the whole thing is awesome and it has a lot of great features on it. Which one really stands out? Yeah, I don't know. Well, here's a way to find out. And with the, the technology today, it's relatively easy and cheap to do so. Are you thinking at all about going into performance activewear beyond like the sweatpants, sweatshirts, but going to like running underwear, running like that? We sort do of have thing? some products that are starting to stretch into that. Yeah, uh, we launched the Stratus short. Uh, last, I'm going to get the month wrong, but like summer-ish, um, that is a very high-performance running short. Uh, because we we take so much focus, on, or we put so much focus on the technology within the fabrics, as well as the attention to detail, that lends itself really naturally to making a product that is going to be put to the test when you're wearing it. So a pair of running shorts, and, and this some of that, like what product comes in next is internally around the office people talking about like what problems they're having like oh yeah like, i'm a runner and i can't find a, a great pair of running shorts that i really love uh and you're like okay maybe we can make one that you really love uh so we go back to our the innovation process and figure out why don't we love it and it starts with us we're wearing it we're the consumers why don't we love it what do we wish we had what can we apply that somebody else isn't applying and why aren't they applying it? Have they not thought about it? Like, we're not the first ones to think of most of this stuff. Um, but we are one of the few to put the time and attention into every single product uh, so that when we are making that new strata short, customers know, like, oh, yeah, I love you guys for the underwear. It's very consistent for the last six years, buying the same pair, same style, fits new every time, fits perfect every time. So when you tell me you have a pair of workout shorts... I'm going to go all in on that. Uh, and we've tried to market some of our uh, products, some of our more recent products, uh, Aeronidex specifically, as a product for a more active life cycle, lifestyle. And 
we tested it with Equinox trainers. Uh, had, in the marketing materials, it was very clear, like, people are working out. This is not you're just sit at home on a Saturday morning and, and relax a pair of underwear and fabric. And it's a very breathable fabric, which is, makes sense because where are you going to use it? It's going to be hot. You're going to be sweating. You want to feel as cool as possible. And we've, a lot of, we've seen a lot of feedback from our customers buying into that product that just love it for every day. They're not, going, they're not wearing it to the gym all the time. They might not even be going to the gym. Um, but you wear Aeronet X and it's, it just feels great. Like that's one area of your body where breathability is rarely a bad thing. Up next, Brian will share some of the solutions in mind for the marketing mission. And why underwear after a career that had nothing to do with it? Right after this. Hi, I'm Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts of Funny People Talking. And the other host is... Danielle Beckman, that's me. That, that's the other host. And our producer is Elsie. Say hi, Elsie. Hi. Okay, so you know how I know something's funny? When people laugh. <laughs> Every time they laugh, you know it's funny. So that's the key to knowing when funny people are talking. Because when you say something funny, people laugh. And you know what? On the show, Funny People Talking, people laugh. <laughs> Apparently more to me, Danielle, but you're still very funny. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Check out Funny People Talking. It's a podcast on Mouth Media Network and wherever the best podcasts are found. And it comes out every Monday. I think you'll enjoy it. Me it, too. Yeah. You know what happens when you enjoy it? You laugh. <laughs> Uh, Brian, uh, you have a lot of uh, things uh, to accomplish in your role uh, heading up marketing. And uh, what are the missions at hand for you that need to be solved? And what are some of the innovations that you've got in mind to try to tackle those? You know, what what maybe is on your, you know, out, out on the horizon for you, on the frontier that you, you're hoping you can accomplish and you just need to find... You know, the right solutions, the right technology, the right tools uh, to do them. So I think so much of my day, of my team's day, uh, is focused on what's our conversion rate. So uh, we spend a lot of time figuring out how to improve that. If we could double the conversion rate, we know that will have a very significant impact on the business. Mm -hmm. uh, several years ago, we quintupled our conversion rate and... Without that, we would probably not be having this interview. Yeah. Um, so we know the power of it, and, and that's, where, that's where it gets fun, honestly. Uh, understanding where those customers are coming from, how do you take them from there to really being excited about a category that they never really thought about. Uh, that can be a big challenge. Uh, we've been very successful in it, just within underwear itself. We've also had a lot of success with more uh, like outerwear products like a polo shirt or sweatpants. So we can hit on those commonalities, but uh, overall, just, it improves the bottom of the funnel. So as we, cre as we expand into more broad-based media like out-of-home video, um, direct mail, I, I would kind of put in that bucket, but that's very attributable and one-to-one. -one. So um, as we create greater awareness, we need to be able to more effectively turn that awareness into customers. Um, and so far, so much of our business has been built on 
creating that awareness on a banner ad or, or a Facebook post that interrupts your attention because we have some great imagery and some clever copy. So you click, you learn a little bit more. Maybe you could be a little bit more comfortable. And the risk to try this is zero, so why not? That's hard to come at or, or that's hard to come away with when you're watching a 15-second spot um, or, see, or even harder on a, on a subway car. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we need to like plant the seed um, to get you thinking intentionally about a product that you otherwise might not be. So when you think of, and that really just applies to the underwear piece, but when you're walking through and, and shopping for polo shirts or T-shirts or you know, eventually jackets or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and you're thinking of like, oh yeah, Mack Weldon, like that spoke to me. That resonated, like I identify with that as a, as a brand, um, that creating the connection so the customer comes back. And we're not going to be able to attribute it, which drives me crazy, but we'll see the sales. Um, well, so so this there's, is, there's opportunity there. This is a question for me a, a little bit as we're thinking about how we market and how we touch. So there's always that, like, you need seven touch points with a consumer. Um, I'm, I'm always interested in seeing, okay, you may have... The banner ad may be the final straw that makes this person click and buy, but the other six are vital for the conversion. And so if you're tracking the conversion on the, on the banner ad, you may falsely attribute that as the key piece. Um, how do you go about, especially since you're so customer-centric in what you're doing, how do you actually go about building the world of that customer so that you're even properly thinking about it? Like that piece in the mail may not have been effective right. if it wasn't for the other six? That is a great question for everybody at this conference. Yeah. Uh, we're all trying to figure that out. Um, What's your approach? Uh, to learn how to do it, honestly. <laughs> um, we, we've been built on the back of, of last click attribution, so we know uh, where you clicked from most immediately, but we don't know that it was the Facebook social posts that you may have seen. Uh, or the subway car, or those other, you know, dozens if not hundreds of other touch points. Um, And we've done well to optimize to that last click. And we know it is a rather quick purchasing decision. We know, you know, 70 to 80% of our customers are buying something within that first session that they're coming into the website. What we don't have visibility into is how many ads did they see before they saw the one that they clicked on. So we put a lot of faith into the algorithms because... Facebook and Google, they don't want to waste that impression. Um, However, they're that's also not a window into there. For, How, uh, but they are optimizing for that. Yeah. Right. So that's they're helping us lower our rates. Yeah. Um, are you looking but at they have that visibility. Are you trying to gather that information from your consumers? Like, uh, like, like, I don't mean to be an idea boy here, but just as an example, like when they come on the website, say, um, tell us how you got here and earn a, a, a discount in your transaction and give them some simple questions that can help? We do have a post-purchase survey uh, that we put on a year and a half or so ago that has been really helpful. Um, but it's also been, uh, you have to take all of that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, so we have 10 options. TV is one of them. But according to that result, TV is our most efficient medium. But we've never run TV. Uh, so it, it's interesting. It's on one hand, it gives you a view into what the customers think, they, where they think they saw you. Um, so maybe they saw a competitor on yeah. TV. Maybe it also they saw means that cultural relevance, right? Like, right. mayoral candidate 
um, <laughs> that, that may got to get underwear I, in your mind. And, it, yeah. it could. Um, and I say like we've never actually done TV, but Mac Weldon has been on TV. We've been in some shows. We've been on some late night talk shows. Um, just by happenstance, we have a lot of uh, very comfortable celebrities. I'll say. Um, so we do the post purchase survey. It does have a high response rate. Uh, and we match that up with like what the customer told us they found, how they found us, and then how we actually tracked their click. So those differences really become very interesting in understanding. Like we're attributing you to, to direct mail, but we know the overlap with Instagram is fifteen percent, for example. You know, if you could get him, Brian Cranston would be your man. He's well known for being very enjoying being in his underwear in on set. You, uh, that's a good suggestion. We actually, if you go back, it might be in the, the annals of Google Images somewhere. Um, <laughs> we do have uh, from Breaking Bad, like the iconic photo of yeah. him with the Winnebago, yeah. Um, yeah. in the funny. desert in his underwear, and we were like, we were staring at that when, and the company, I forget when Breaking Bad ended, but it was feels like it was around when Mac Weldon was uh, was around, um, and we were craving for like, what if. What if you could see the Mac Weldon signature waistbands? Like, just can, can we imagine? Photoshop that in? Like, are we going to get sued? How could like can we make that happen? Yeah, that he, would be awesome. I mean, obviously, he's probably not a cheap get, but he's he's actually been quoted many times talking about how much he he and his co-stars on various shows and movies have said how much he just enjoys parading around his underwear. Well, Brian, if you're listening, um, <laughs> he probably I, I, I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like, we I think we can uh, have a have a positive relationship here. I can right. I can help. Uh, can, uh, can we touch briefly on your loyalty program? Uh, you've got an interesting loyalty program to me because um, it, it isn't designed like other loyalty programs that that I typically have seen. Um, there's something called a savings meter. And then you have some exclusive gifts. So, so it's like a, it's like a, it looks almost looks like it's a pathway, a journey. That's um, exactly what it is. And so, can can you talk about the way you guys are not just thinking about that, but how you're trying to communicate that to people, uh, especially when they, you may catch them with this already mid journey, as opposed to laying out saying, here's the journey that's ahead of you. So the savings meter was actually something that we started uh, from the very beginning. The website first launched with the savings meter, really designed to make shopping easier. Because the worst thing to do is you go to a store, go online, you buy anything, and then you get an email three days later. It's like, oh, that thing is now $20 cheaper. Well, you, you feel like an idiot. That's not good. And then you end up timing your purchases like, oh, Labor Day is coming up. I guess I can go out and buy something now. But what if you really want it before Labor Day? That's yeah. not... Like, this is 2019. That's not a way to live your life. So we created the savings meter uh, to reward bulk purchases. So free shipping uh, kicks in at $50. You get 10% off any order over $100, and you get 20% off any order over $200. And from 2012 to 2017, that was our primary way to get customers' AOVs up. Uh, and during that time, we were launching a lot of new products and just even like new colors of underwear yeah. and socks and things like that. So it's like kind of like, just take timing out of the equation. That's not an, an issue anymore. Exactly. It's like just, you should never you have to time not? a sale and we'll never let you know like, oh, yeah. sucks for you. Uh, now it's cheaper. Um, so we wanted to simplify it. And so for five years, 
launching the new products. And uh, we had customers tell us that they would be basically putting themselves on the sidelines when we would say like, hey, great new colors of the underwear that you love or check out these new sweatpants. That sweatpant is $78. I know if I spend $22 more, I get 10% off. But I don't need a new pair of trunks or a new pair of boxing briefs or anything like that. So I'm going to put that pair of sweatpants in my cart for the next time I'm ready to stock up on some underwear because I want to get the discount. And once I yeah. get the $100 discount, I, oh, I'm a T-shirt so away from, a hundred, a from $200. Yeah, yeah. So we saw customers putting themselves on the sidelines, which also is against what we're for. Like That's not yeah. a way to shop either. You want the sweatpants, you should go get the sweatpants yeah. and feel like you're getting a deal doing it. So we took uh, nine months to develop uh, that loyalty program. Uh, which is in conjunction with the savings meter. So the savings meter still exists, and that applies to everybody's essentially like your first order. But to help people get over the hurdle of, of you know, I see that and I want that, and yes, you should have that, uh, we put in the, the loyalty program called Weldon Blue. So on your first purchase of any dollar amount, you're a level one customer. You have free shipping, so you don't have to worry about picking that thing up. And, and, and free shipping was only $2.50 under 50 bucks. So it wasn't a huge hurdle but mentally nobody wants to pay for shipping um so we removed that hurdle and then we applied that 20 percent that bulk discounting order from the savings meter to the customer level instead of the order level so when you as a customer spend 200 dollars, you get 20 percent off every purchase for a year mm-hmm. and to maintain your status and, yeah. and the benefits of that spend 100 dollars within that year of earning level two status to renew that for another year and these aren't big numbers. So we have our underwear is $25. Our sweatpants are uh, $78. We have radius pants that are $98. Mm-hmm. So we're only asking customers to buy like one or two things mm-hmm. or to reasonably really stock up on your uh, underwear. Every guy should be buying about three new pairs of underwear every year and just cycling in and out. And we designed that because we wanted it to be attainable. We, wanted, we already had customers exhibiting that kind of behavior we just wanted more of those customers. So we didn't set it at $500, set it at $1,000 uh, because we wanted it to feel real. And the more people we have in the program, the, the more comfortable uh, our customers end up being. So we do have still customers. We, it's only a two-level program. We have customers coming in regularly. And even, like, I think the week that we launched it, customers like, well, tell me about level three. And they know, like, I've been a customer since 2013. I've spent $5,000 with you guys. Yeah. What's level three? Like, what do you got for me? Um, so, spoiler alert, uh, we will be coming out with a new level. Uh, it's something we're working on right now because we've seen such a, uh, such a demand for it. It's like those progressive um, games where you can, you can basically grind to a certain level or you can pay to get there faster. And then once enough people hit that level, they open up the next level in the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with some of those games. I haven't thought about the level three as part of that. But, yeah. like... like there will in ten years there will not be a level ten. Uh, it's always about you can hold me to that. Level ten is when you get the home provided <laughs> right. by yeah. That's yes. that's the when like half a goes million into dollars. Housing, yeah, yeah. Um, we yeah. will offer. Brian uh, Cranston comes over. I gotta tell you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's you should give an airstream for level ten. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's interesting though because there's a community opportunity there uh, uh, of feeling like you belong. To, you know, I'm, I mean, imagine in a pretend world where this business model makes sense, 
And if you're at level 10, quote unquote, you know, there's Mac Weldon. Um, uh, He'll eat breakfast sweets. with you every day. No, I mean, there's like, there's like a Mac Weldon uh, lounge in right. major cities that you can belong to because it's that level of comfort hmm. and, and, and ease in your life to, you know, um, to, to, to be a, you, you've committed right. to this lifestyle and let's let's create tangibility. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to be a suggestion that you. Well, should I, I, it makes me think like I could see a level ten. You get the credit card, like Mac Weldon credit card, and you want to throw that on the table because everyone knows. Wow, like you, this guy just spent fifty thousand dollars in underwear. <laughs> but he's comfortable. He looks good. He feels good. He he puts he invests in himself and in his yeah. clothing. Like that man makes smart decisions. That's yeah. it. Tie it. Yeah. There you go. Um, but before we conclude. Uh, I, I, I do want to kind of touch on your your background. Your background is not in. I, I'm you know confident you've worn underwear over the years every but day. But your your background professionally has not been in underwear. In fact, it's been nowhere near apparel at all. It's been in media and it's been in in, in technology or mobile mobile uh, technology. Right. And so my question is, uh, although a lot of that work had to do with marketing. Uh, so there's the tie-in, but what is it that you that you understand, Brian? That Mac Weldon saw in your particular uh, skill set that meant that you were a natural fit to what Mac Weldon needed and where they wanted to go. That would take someone, scoop someone up from uh, media and technology. Uh, instead of someone that maybe had a long career in marketing apparel brands, uh, uh, why do you think that is, and what does that say about where Mac Weldon is trying to go? So I, I've been very focused throughout my career on seeing the results of my work. I think that is a motivating factor for anybody. You spend so much time focused and, and working. You want to know it's having some effect out there in the world. Sure. Um, so my background, uh, technically music. Uh, I was very. I was worked for a ringtone subscription service. Oh right. Yeah. Um, in the mid two thousands, that had morphed. In, and these are this is before the iPhone. So ringtones, like they were a thing. Um, and we were we pivoted into a music subscription service, very similar to Spotify. What Spotify is today. Uh, and my role there was really focused on uh, customer acquisition and trying to get customers uh, involved in my product, which was either uh, ringtones or a music subscription uh, product. And that always had an element of uh, the user experience, of understanding, like, where are we advertising? Where's the user at? How are they seeing us? How do I get them from A to B? And I really enjoy the opportunity to see to see that journey, uh, to put steps for those customers in there and to see if they take them or not and to read that data in near real time and apply that as, as learning for where we should be going next. Like, mm -hmm. And to the level that the button should be blue and it should be over there to, or to green and centered uh, or this kind of copy needs to resonate. like Those kind of nuances. Uh, so that's what has always driven me and when the opportunity came up to work at Mac Weldon, I, I was uh, 
I was at a much bigger company. I wanted to get back into an area where we could, where I could see the direct results of uh, our business uh, and of my work. Um, and honestly, what, what attracted me to, to Mac Weldon was putting it on. Uh, I never thought that I would be selling men's underwear. Uh, and it probably took me about six months to get over like the jokes of even just like talking to guys in bars and like, hey, so are you boxer briefs or boxers? Like, what's going on? Uh, and I actually care now, which yeah. is weird. Um, but uh, when I had just started, uh, absolutely not. Um, I was just like the kind of jokes and things like that. Um, but when I actually put the product on, I thought like this is different. Uh, I think comfort is subjective, so better is, uh, you know, it, you might not think it's better. I thought it was more comfortable. Um, and I think it's so, uh, it was just so different. And I had been just buying Uniqlo underwear for years. Yeah. Uh, just because I pick up something else there and like, oh yeah, a couple more pairs, fine. And it was a unintentional and purchase. Frankly, Uniqlo is better than most of what was out there earlier. Yes, I think they do a great job. Yeah. Uh, and at that price point, my challenge with Uniqlo is it doesn't last. Yeah. Uh, it's great for a year. Um, I have underwear. Uh, I'm not sure I should be admitting this, but I have underwear from 2012 when I first joined the company. And I have and underwear from six months yet. ago. Sorry. I have washed it <laughs> once or twice. Um, but I can't tell the difference between the seven-year-old pairs and the yeah. six-month-old pairs in my drawer. Um, and that, to me, I, I just felt like, oh, this is different. I wanted to. I wanted to take on the challenge of something with a physical product, uh, which was a big learning experience. We sold out of inventory three times within the first eighteen months or two, two years, something like that, um, because I was focused on the DR side. Let's get new customers. And I've, I was never in an industry where, hold on, that's too many. What do you mean it's too many customers? Like, yeah. oh, well, we can't. Uh, we can't acquire them today because you're selling the underwear today. That the guy that bought yesterday, he's going to come back, and we need to create a really positive experience for him when he does. So that underwear, like, don't sell that today. And that, like, I'm scratching my head, like, okay, well, this is different. Yeah. And it was really uh, a great experience and, and allowed me to, to branch out not just on understanding a user journey from a acquisition side and seeing an ad and then clicking, but as a customer and creating that long-term relationship. Yeah with that customer through the actual products. Before we uh, finish up, uh, a little less about your company, a little bit more about Brian as we explore the personal side, get a little human. Uh, you know, uh, underwear is about feeling comfortable. And uh, at least that's one part of it. Uh, I'd like to know about a time in your life that you remember even as a child, that, that sticks out to you in which you were uh, put in a position where you were very uncomfortable and perhaps how you found a way to deal with that. Other than the interview. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say about 30 minutes ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> that is, that's a tough question. Um, I realize that's a little putting you on the spot. Um, so when I was yeah. uncomfortable, Spots are great. Spots, but yeah. how did I deal? To, how did I get to be comfortable? Yeah, not by putting Mac Weldon underwear on. That'd be too too exactly. easy. Exactly. That's the, yeah. This is not a commercial. <laughs> and then I put on Mac Weldon, and I conquered the world. That's it. Um, 
I, how about I, maybe, I, I'm gonna, oh, what's that? <laughs> let, let them squirm. Yeah. Get something juicy here. Um, I might not be like the most uncomfortable. Like it's tough to like pinpoint like specific moments. The most uncomfortable moments I've probably already blocked out of my memory. Um, but I re- I do remember uh, just going to high school, going to college, going into like a new school. And we, we've all been in that environment. Um, I went to a school that was not in my town, so I had to ride the bus for forty five minutes. Two mi- my house was two miles away from the bus stop, uh, uphill both ways, that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know anybody, uh, so like walking into high school. And I went to a small uh, grammar school. My class was like 22 or 23 students. So everybody knew everybody. Very close. Uh, and most of those students went to uh, the local high school. I chose, I play golf, so I chose to go to a high school to play golf. They, I think, had a better program. And I went to high school like 45 minutes away. So I didn't know anybody. Walking on the bus the first time, you're like, I don't know these people. I'm not genuinely like an outgoing person. Um, so I'm not one to like, oh, hey, uh, what's your name? So school, R- cool, yeah. uh, this will be fun. Let's be friends. Uh, that never happened on the bus. Uh, I, I used the bus to get to school and to go home. Uh, it was not a social element. Um, and I think getting into that environment uh, and putting yourself out into that environment over and over and over again, I think, is the only way to, to get comfortable. Um, and as we're talking about it, even like more examples, like nobody likes public speaking, but I remember my, my last company, uh, I was there when we were just, uh, I was the third employee, so a handful of us, and you'd have a weekly status meeting, and there's three people in the room. That's easy. And then, oh, so we hired five other people over a month and two months. Oh, there's eight people, and then we hired these people, and you know everybody as they're hiring. And there was a distinct moment, I remember going into, like, a, we had moved offices a couple times, and it became, you know, one of my responsibilities like update the team on the marketing and I, I remember standing up there and realizing like this is there's a hundred people in this room wow if you just told me like today you're going to go up and talk to a hundred people I, I would get a little bit nervous but growing into it's kind of like the boiling water test like getting into it so gradually and then it just happens and you're like okay next MSG could you fill MSG and talk about conversion rates <laughs> That'd be difficult, but I, I would I would go. I like going back to where people came from as well a little bit. With you focused on golf, what was that moment in um, early on in your education where you had a moment of basically saying like this is what I want to do and this is why? Uh, so I essentially switched from baseball to golf. Uh, my parents were very focused on having me and my brother play a sport. Baseball was the de facto. It started with soccer and then merges into baseball. It's kind of just like, all right, join the town baseball team. And like, okay, fine. Um, my brother had started to play golf. I have always loved mini golf. Our family would go on vacation and I would open up the phone book when it was a thing and find mini golf. And we would, I would insist that we would go play. So I was always enthusiastic about golf and, um, uh, I, di- I just kind of grew out of baseball. I played literally every position except for catcher. And just like over the years, I probably played for six, seven years. And uh, it was fun. I liked the team element of it. Uh, but I was always attracted to golf in the way that similarly to kind of like why I'm attracted to seeing the results of my work. Um, 
in baseball, you can lose the game because, you know, your third baseman dropped the ball. Yeah. That kind of stinks. It's a team effort. Everyone backs each other up. I get that. I love golf because it's all on you. If you miss that putt, you missed it. You can't blame anybody else. So if you want to stop missing putts, start practicing more. And you see the results. Like, you can practice more. It's kind of ironic. Golf is one of the only things, I think, the more you practice, the worse you can get. Yeah. Which is really frustrating. But that just also adds to the challenge. Um, so that, that's, how, that's what got me into to golf and what has kept me there uh, yeah. has, is kind of that challenge. Now, if you just golf in your underwear. I mean, you do. Well, uh, yes. I usually have pants on, on shorts. I was, but, I was so, thinking yeah. more of a breezy experience. <laughs> just underwear. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> we actually, I got it. I'm not a great golf person. Um, that was my younger brother. But um, we used to play, it was like an 18-hole course, but they were tires. And you played it with golf balls, but you could use up to three different anythings as clubs. Wow. And it was out in the pasture. That sounds like a great game. And um, Yeah, it was so much fun. But you would throw the ball up in the air and then hit it. Right. And you had to try and get it into the same holes. So that was a lot of fun. But that's um, the... I used to... Uh... Just hitting a golf ball with an aluminum baseball bat is oh. just a fun thing. Oh, yeah. I think That's everybody awesome. should do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just goes a lot further. That sounds yeah. great. That yeah, it feels sound. good. You, like, you could do anything after sound. you do that. It'd yeah. be a good wake-up ritual. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the mixture of that golf sound of the <laughs> mixed with the, the tink. Yeah, the perfect the, tink. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Soars right exactly. off. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you, uh, Brian, were to reflect on this conversation and your time here at, at Commerce Next, if you like, or, or even just the mission that you're on at your company, uh, if you had some parting words for our listeners, what would you choose them to be? Such a lofty expectation. It doesn't Great have to be the words. wisest um, moment in your life. Uh, I would say uh, <laughs> uh, this is how you will be judged. Uh, I think uh, it is so helpful, um, not just from a professional standpoint, uh, to just talk to other people that are trying to do the same thing, ideally in non-competitive spaces, but if you can have a great relationship with your direct competitor and somehow have a conversation about your business without impairing each other's business, mm -hmm. that would be an incredibly special thing. Um, but putting yourself in an environment where you are working and just talking with other people that you're working on the same kind of thing. Uh, professionally, you hear ideas like, oh, we're using this vendor for this. Were you doing that? Have you tried this? Like, those are some great ideas. And then you go back to the office and you apply those and you see how they did. Sure. Uh, and I think personally, that's also very rewarding to know, like, you're not the only one trying to do this. We're not the only ones trying to fight rising Facebook CPAs. So let's all coalesce, have a little bit of a support group about it, and just talk about what we're doing to get around it. Uh, and that, who knows, that could be like that, that step to the next big thing, like that next big new tech piece that solves part of that problem uh, or aggregates customers or uh, clients and brands in a different way. Um, but just being in that kind of environment is, is, is very valuable. Great. Awesome. And thank you. And uh, if people want to reach out and connect with you for that purpose, uh, because they may have some ideas for you, uh, we heard you earlier about about the, the bandwidth ability to respond to every reach out, but what's the best way to connect with you? 
Assuming that you even want to run by yourself. Maybe you don't want to run Sure. Um, uh, I think, know. yeah, just like I can't say it's good to meet new people and be in that environment and then not welcome it. No, uh, I, so I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I, I, I don't log in all the time, but uh, I do pay attention to it. Um, events like this. Uh, and even like the, the cold email, I think, is most valuable to me if it's like, I mean, put you, if I wonder if you can apply like DR tactics not just in like a scheduling kind of standpoint, but to uh, lead gen email and figuring out like your email is a banner ad. How do you get somebody on the other end to click? So like, where am I coming at this from? Like, I like uh, technology that is non-committal, super easy to set up, uh, and low entry fees. Um, so if you have a product like that and you want to email me, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and tell me those three things right out of the gate because uh, that will help me measure up kind of how does that stack up against the other thing without having to go through the one to two to three week conversations to say like, okay, I think this is a yeah. fit. Right. And then, well, it's a 12-month commitment and uh, $100,000 uh, starting fee. And the integration is going to take six weeks. That's kind of a downer. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, now you have the recipe, everybody. Uh, Brian Feeson, the VP of Marketing for Mac Weldon. Really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for all the insights and, and taking us through the journey. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoyed the conversation. All right. And that's it for this uh, episode of Fashion is Your Business on location at Commerce Next in New York City. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. For Rob Sanchez. Good night, y'all. I'm Mark Rako, and have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. The business of being heard.